What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Dallas Death Discussion for Monday night, August 10th, 2015. It's hard to believe we're almost halfway through August. Summer is fleeting rapidly. Um, we've got, uh, I, I live close to the uh, University of Texas at Dallas. And uh, we've got all sorts of students that are coming in. Uh, there's a lot of students that uh, come in and uh, live in the apartments uh, where I'm located, which is fairly close. And uh, there's tons and tons of new students coming in. So uh, lots, of, lots of suitcases, and they're running two buses on the route instead of one. So uh, school is getting close, and even the local uh, uh, City schools are going to be starting up PDQ. So, I'd like to welcome everybody that has joined us, and for those people that listen uh, in the uh, coming days, months, weeks, whatever it is. Um, as usual, we're always here on Monday nights. I haven't missed a Monday night uh, setting things up and having a call in uh, over six years. And uh, at this point in time, I have no plans of changing that. So you can rest assured that if you've got questions or anything, we'll be here on Monday nights. So with that said, I'm going to do a very quick disclaimer and tell everybody that what you hear on this call isn't legal advice. We just discussed that. That's why it's called Dallas Debt Discussion. So tonight I don't think I need to say anything more about that other than if you hear something on this call that sounds like it might be legal advice, you're wrong. You're misinterpreting, you're misconstruing, or something. Uh, if we say something, and when I say we, I'm talking everybody, myself included, anything about, well, you know, you want to do this or that in, in regard to a, a situation that somebody may have presented. Uh, our comments are strictly uh, in the vein of what we would do if we were in a similar situation to uh, what that person is in. We, uh, we don't give legal advice. Uh, first of all, we don't know what it is. Uh, second of all, we would know how to dispense it, even if we knew. So uh, I think there's bar licensed people that get to do that. But the bottom line is, we're going to discuss debt issues tonight. And uh, we always start with good news. But before I get to good news, I want to tell everybody that when you come on this call, you're unmuted. That's by design. I ask everybody to hit star six on the keypad on your phone when you come on so that you're muted. And we don't hear the dog barking or the door slamming or the dishes clanking or very 
other and sundry sounds that have a tendency to obscure what we're talking about. So please be courteous to everybody. As a general rule, we we have a, I've had a fabulous group of people that have uh, come on this call for over six years. And uh, by the way, this is your call. It's not mine. I just arrange it, push the buttons, direct the traffic, but it is your call. So you can come here and help come back to create a community and learn. And uh, if you need assistance with something, uh, suggestions on what you might do in a certain situation, that's what we try and help you with. If we don't have the answer, we will simply try and send you in a direction of where you might find the answer. Uh, we don't know it all. I'm not an expert. Nobody is an expert that's on these calls. We do have attorneys that join us. We have some uh, very good consumer attorneys that uh, like what we do. We like what they do. And they do join us on these calls, and they're very much appreciated, their participation and contributions to what we're doing. And uh, uh, if they come on and identify themselves in the vein that they are making suggestions or talking about things with the law, then you might hear some legal advice there. But otherwise, unless they've specifically identified themselves as attorneys, um, then uh, there's no legal advice. So after we get done with good news, where you don't have to raise your hand, in a moment we'll do that, and uh, all you have to do is speak up. But uh, once we get done with that, I'll ask if anybody has questions and uh, or comments, either one. All you have to do to put yourself in the queue is to hit star 8 on the keypad on your phone. It's very simple. Star 8. Please have yourself muted using star 6 first. That saves me a step. But uh, we always start out with good news, so I'm going to ask if there's anybody out there that has any good news tonight. Goodness. Well, it is summer. Things are quieter and people are busier with other things. Well, I've got some good news, so I'll present mine. And then if anybody wants to come on after that, that's fine. Um, I got... Great news last week, not just good news. Uh, as many of you know, I am in kind of a uh, uh, confrontational situation with Midland Credit Management to the tune of uh, a numerous, uh, numerous lawsuits against them that I have filed in small claims court that they have taken to federal court. And then they decided they wanted to take them to uh, move them to the MDL in California for their TCPA actions. And they didn't like the fact that I was um, filing individual claims. And the reason I'm doing that is because I don't want to be in the MDL because I believe it's an abuse of the, uh, the uh, MDL statutes, the way they're using it and their purpose. And that actually, I believe, has been borne out in the decision that was reached last week. Midland had filed a motion with the court asking the court to uh, issue an order prohibiting me from filing any more lawsuits to combine all the lawsuits into one case in the Southern District of California and to prevent me from filing any more cases in small claims court in Texas. And if I had any other claims that I would have to file those in the California court, which, of course, is a foreign jurisdiction. Well, they put their motion in, and I made my arguments to it, and they made a response to it, 
And interestingly enough, in their response, they never addressed one thing that I said in my opposition. Well, the ruling on that motion came out last week, and very simply, it was denied entirely. Which is exactly what happened when they tried to do the same stuff and stop me in the federal district court here in Texas last year. It didn't work there either. So obviously the courts are understanding my arguments and they're seeing Midland's actions for what they are, I guess. All I can say is I believe the court was fair. I'm not going to sit here and crow and scream and yell. I believe the court made a fair ruling, and uh, I'm very pleased with it, needless to say. But the essence of it is there's no prohibitions on me continuing what I'm doing. And I have reached out to Midland again for the umpty-ninth time to see if they want to engage me in settlement discussions to see if we can resolve everything. And I'm waiting to hear back from the attorney from Midland. I have no idea what their response is going to be, but I'm going to wait and see what they have to say. And if we end up having settlement discussions, maybe we can reach an agreement on something and uh, this whole thing can end. Or if we aren't, then uh, I would have to assume at this point I would continue on with uh, my strategy that I have employed in litigating against them, which is my right. So uh, that was very good news last week. The uh, uh, other good news I have is that uh, I sent two notices to two different uh, collection companies today regarding TCPA issues. Uh, it was a notice of pending lawsuit along with a copy of federal complaints for each one of those because they did not respond to my notice of intent that was sent to them recently. And I kind of figured they wouldn't, but uh, uh, now they're going to see that I'm a little more serious, that I actually know how to draft a federal complaint and even include the summons with it. So we'll find out whether that has any effect, whether they want to talk to me or whether they want to be on the receiving end of a lawsuit. That's up to them. The other thing is, I negotiated a settlement with uh, another entity over uh, TCPA issues. I am not at liberty to say a name or anything or an amount. That's uh, strictly prohibited by the settlement agreement, but uh, I am very satisfied with the uh, settlement we reached. So that's an, another thing, and I'll have a, a nice check coming in the next few days. So that's another one out of the way, and, and that one was somebody that uh, uh, would negotiate, and uh, we reached a, an agreement, and uh, there was no need for litigation. So, uh, you know, did they just up and say, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll uh, pay you? No. <laughs> They denied there was anything, and it was kind of an interesting situation. But uh, the bottom line is uh, I'm pleased with the agreement, so uh, time goes on. I stood up for my rights, and I'm being what I uh, deem to be fairly compensated for the violations of my rights, which is all that we do. 
what we do is not vindictive in any form or fashion. It's simply standing up for our rights and helping other people learn how to do that. A little over four years ago, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't, I didn't understand the consumer protection statutes. I did not know anything about the federal courts. In fact, uh, if somebody had told me that I would be a plaintiff in federal court, I had told them they had rocks in their head. So just for any new people that are on here, uh, it hasn't been that long ago that I didn't know anything about it. I was intimidated by the federal court. I was like, federal court, ooh, good grief, no. Uh-uh. Maybe state court or something if I had to do something. Because I've, I've been in small claims court several times, but um, not over debt collection issues, over other things through the years. But the bottom line was uh, federal court, no way. And now I'm far more comfortable in federal court than I am in uh, dealing with a state court, to be very honest with you. But uh, if I can learn it, just about anybody can. I'm not the brightest bulb on the string. I'm not the dumbest person out here, but I'm not the brightest bulb on the string. I'm not some extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily intelligent individual. So, um, you know, if you're wondering about whether you can learn this stuff, I only have one question for you. How bad do you want it? I wanted to learn it, so I learned it, and I'm still learning. It's not that I know everything, but uh, I know enough to uh, be involved in 31 federal lawsuits against one company presently, and eight more that are filed in state court that haven't been served to them yet, and I'm comfortable with that. So needless to say, I've come a long way in a little over four years. But anyway, I want to check and see one more time if anybody has any good news that they want to bring up. Goodness. John, where are you, John? John's here. I was muted. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I get good news. It was just following up on what happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, or to say it differently, I, I, I learned something. When you win a federal appeal and they put out an order, um, an opinion and an order, uh, nothing happens for a while. And then a month passes. A month seems to be the amount of time that an objection can be put up. And if there's no objection, then the appeals court issues a judgment. And it will say the judgment's in favor or whichever party it was that they, you know, rendered the decision for, and that's it. And I think that's at the point where the uh, district court gets involved again when the judgment's rendered. But there is that period of time that you can go and request an on-bank review. Um, And so today I got my appeals judgment in the mail in my favor, which is good news. Ta-da! Good job, John. Absolutely. And uh, just for anybody's knowledge out there, winning an appeal at the uh, circuit level is a small possibility, generally about one in ten it wins. The other 90% go by the wayside. They're denied. And it is even less prevalent than that for a pro se to win at the circuit level. So what John was able to accomplish was uh, very, very powerful, very powerful. And it's a tribute to the the work and the effort that he put in to uh, do his appeal properly. So congratulations, John. 
Thank you. And that's where it really comes down to is studying the rules and studying the law that you're dealing with. And then the court does what it's supposed to do and balances things properly. So you, I, I have faith in the appeals court. There's, you know, unbiased people up there that, you know, their job is to review other decisions and they're farther away, farther away from your local court and the people involved. So, um, I can't wait until Terry has good news. Yeah. 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 We're going to, we're going to be waiting to see that, but you know, we got a, we probably got a six month wait anyway on, oh, yeah. on that deal there. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, but that's the way things work. Yeah, this round trip now has taken almost eight months. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. you know, the appeals court has got plenty on their plate. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so everybody knows, you know, when you do an appeal, it, it is a, uh, it's a much stricter and regimented process than uh, just, uh, having an action in district court. There's very specific appellate rules that you have to follow, how your brief is written, how it's structured, the counting of the words, and the uh, how many copies of the brief have to be provided to the court, and uh, there's lots and lots and lots of things. I've been there, and uh, Larry has been there, John has been there, and uh, Terry is there now, so it's not like... We have any shrinking violets? Uh, we're we're willing to get out there and and do our thing, and uh, you know it's it's like anything else. If you haven't ever done it before, it's you study, you learn, and it opens new doors in your uh, library of knowledge. So it uh, well, can be a daunting task. I, I'm not going. <laughs> as John will testify. Uh, it can be a daunting task, but it's not that it can't be done. So, well, Dave, for the benefit of the new people, uh, throw a little context on this, if you would, because out of the hundreds of members that we have dealt with over the last four years, there's been, what, half a dozen appeals? Mm, well, myself, Larry, uh, Terry, John, that's four. And John, actually, um, don't you have another one in there, too? Yeah, I do. You do? You've got two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, some people we've had, uh, some people with appeals in the state courts. And uh, we haven't had a huge number of people in the federal courts. Federal court is, you know, a, a bigger deal than the state court. The rules are rules are more regimented in the federal than the state but uh yeah you know we've we've had a few people that have done this and uh uh it isn't like oh geez i could never do that well i didn't know how to do an appeal i ended up doing a lot of studying learned how to how to do all that stuff so you know if i can do it oh and and, uh, another one of our members here in dallas uh did uh, two different appeals so Right. Well, I guess the point that I was trying to get across is that it's, it's to allay uh, some of the fear of, of the new callers that this is not this is highly unlikely that you're going to be thrust into this that kind of an environment until you've had a chance to become seasoned and have a good idea of what it is you're doing, 
it is not the commonplace to go up on a field. No, that's that's very true, Jeff. Um, uh, it's it's not a, a run of the mill situation, so it's not like oh well, you know, if things don't go right, then I got to go to an appeal and all that. No, no, it's it's pretty rare considering the number of lawsuits. Right. I mean, right. I've done one appeal, and I've been the plaintiff in in excess of fifty law, federal lawsuits. And that fifty is over the last four years. Right. 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 That's not in a lifetime. That's just that's just in four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, you had an opportunity to become battle-hardened before you got thrust into that environment. And uh, actually, not so much thrust in the environment, just unwilling to take it in the ear, and, and you're going to go for it. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah, it's it's not something you're required to do, just especially for the new people. It's right. not something you have to do. It's always a matter of choice. You know, if... Uh, you have a decision at the district court level that you feel is is unfair, and if it's you know uh, there's a good basis for your appeal, or you think that there is, then it's up to you to decide whether you want to appeal that and see if you can get things changed. But it's it's surely not something where people are thrust into it, and it's oh if I lose this, then I got to do this. That's not it at all. So yeah, don't be intimidated by it. As you pointed out just earlier during the good news, most of the people's situations will be resolved either in the first or the second letter. Most of the time. Not always, but most of the time. Sometimes you have to file it so that they get they know that you're serious and then other times you have to go to uh, discovery so that you know, okay, so he's gutsy enough to file it, let's see if he's gutsy enough to stand up for it. And so that goes on, but it's it's rare that it ever gets into the appeals um, environment. So please don't be frightened by this this, this kind of discussion. Oh my God, I got to file an appeal. I'm yeah, I, I can't do that and then hang up and go away. Please don't do that. Oh, it's like anything else. It's it's uh, there's choices along the way in what we do, and right. uh, those of us that have gone to appeal have uh, chosen to do so. Uh, some have won, some have lost. I, I lost on mine, but I was trying to push a, a specific issue on the FCRA on the uh, date of discovery, and the court ruled against me. But I will tell you that um, when the uh, uh, court ruled against me before I appealed, I actually got a compliment from the, the judge. Uh, he complimented me on making very good arguments. But he still overruled me. He, you know, he, he ruled against me. But it's, I mean, uh, the fact that uh, you get a compliment like that, I mean, f- to me it felt good. It, it's nice to uh, uh, to know that uh, somebody that sits on a bench, on a federal bench, is looking at a pro se and saying, you did a good job. So, uh, and again, uh, a little over four years ago, I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. So uh, if I can learn it, you guys can do it too. Anyway, anybody else got any good news? One last time before we go to Q&A. Okay. All right. We're going to go to Q&A. And, you know, we are slow tonight. This is late summer, and uh, we don't have as many people on the call tonight. So, uh, And let me please ask people, don't wait until the end of the call. When I say, okay, well, we're getting down to the end here. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. And then I get three people go boom, boom, boom. 
and they put themselves in the queue. Don't do that. If you've got a question, hit star eight. Put yourself in the queue so that we can get to you and I can get to everybody. But, uh, you know, we've had a little bit of that, you know, people jumping in at the last second when I say we're going to wrap it up. This is a two-hour call. It is done at uh, uh, 10 o'clock Central, 11 o'clock Eastern. And uh, we've gone over a little bit. I I used to do a longer call, but I want to keep these calls to real close to about two hours because that uh, works out good for me and, and what I'm doing. And there's plenty of uh, support calls out here with Terry's call Wednesday night and stuff. And uh, just for everybody's uh, information, when we talk about Jesse's website in, in the discussion with people, say, well, um, you know, uh, go to Jesse's website, so on and so forth. When we talk about that, what we're talking about is the website that Jesse put together that's got all the information that we talk about and where we learn from. And that's not to say it's the only place you can learn from, but it, there's more information there than you can even begin to imagine. Uh, there's nothing else like it on the web. It covers everything from foreclosure to uh, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act to Fair Credit Reporting Act, what's in your credit reports, to Telephone Consumer Protection Act, to Asset Protection. There's um, how to make yourself uh, judgment-proof or uh, uh, garnishment-proof and stuff. So it's, I mean, there's a ton of information there. And uh, you can get to Jesse's website by simply opening a browser and typing in Knockout Collectors, that's T-O-R-S, dot net. Don't do a search for it. Just uh, go ahead and open a browser and type in knockoutcollectors.net. That'll take you right to his website. You can register, put your name and your email address in. And what that's doing is it's an opt-in for spam so that they can send emails back to you and you get in, you can get information. Uh, everything's above board. And uh, when you do that, you're going to get a second email back. Be looking for it. If you don't see it, look in your spam folder. And when you get the second one back, it's going to have a link in it you, and it's going to have some uh, information in it. When you click on that link, that's going to take you into the free part of the website where you can uh, look at the uh, information, some of the information that's in there, so you get a good idea of the type of information and, and how it's organized. But uh, to become a member and have access to everything in the website, it's $99 for the first month and $49 a month after that for as long as you want to be a member. There's no commitments to it. And the best part is there's a 60-day money-back guarantee on it. You can get in there and you can study to your heart's content. You can look at it, come on these calls, ask questions, learn things. And if for whatever reason you decide that it's just not for you, all you got to do is follow the procedures, which are plainly laid out, and ask for a refund and you'll get your money back. It's just that simple. And there's very few people that do that, very few. But uh, usually when somebody does that, it's because they don't use a website. They sign up and then, you know, they don't ever go in there. Well, you know, why pay for something if you're not going to use it, right? But the bottom line is it's there, it's low risk, and one other plus to it for people, and we know people that are out there that are extraordinarily tight on money for any number of reasons, you can split a membership, and the way you do that is you get two IP addresses for each membership. There's a user ID and a password. You can share that with someone else. You know, find somebody else that 
uh, wants to pay half of it, that literally can get you down to 25 bucks a month. And uh, that's an incredibly small price to pay for uh, access to a, an incredible library. And then when you go in there and you study the material and use the forum, you can ask questions in the forum and get answers. You can come on these calls and ask questions about the material you study from in there so that uh, when you've got questions about, okay, well, I'm studying this, I'm not quite sure how that applies to my situation or whatever, you can come on these calls and get answers to those kind of questions. That's why we have these calls. So uh, these calls are not a substitute for being a member and having that information all organized to study from. I'll tell you that right now. If you think that you can accomplish what we've accomplished just by listening to these calls, you're only kidding yourself. You're not going to get it. Um, you're handicapping yourself, and quite frankly, you're being pennywise and pound foolish. So spend the money, and uh, we've got people that uh, are members of the website that have been members for four years. And, uh, you know, are, are people still learning? Yeah, because there's always new material being put in there. So the bottom line is it's there for you. Uh, the only thing that we ask of anybody for all the time that we put in and the help that we put in on these calls Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights is that you pay it forward when you have the opportunity when somebody, when you've learned things and somebody else needs some help with something, take the opportunity to help them pay it forward. Tell people that we exist. Tell people that we're out here that there is help because there's a lot of people, obviously, that don't know that we even exist and that there are these kind of resources out here. And we need to let more people know that. But, you know, um, when nobody's collecting a bunch of money or anything, you don't have an advertising budget. So uh, word of mouth is the best advertising. Uh, you speaking to somebody about, boy, I've been on these calls and I can't believe how helpful this has been and the website's got tremendous information in it and you can get questions answered. You telling that to somebody is far more powerful than them seeing a billboard, hearing a radio ad, or uh, seeing something in the newspaper or something, which you're not going to see any of those because there's no budget for any of that because we do this stuff free. The website isn't free to maintain and do webinars and have a webmaster and all that stuff. That's why there's a minimal cost for it. So bottom line is, they help us here. Please spread the word. And with that said, I'm going to go to Rhode Island for our first caller tonight. Good evening, Rhode Island. Yes, good evening, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. <clears throat> Hello, John and Jeff and uh, Terry, if she's out there, and everybody. Yeah. Um, I spoke with you guys a few weeks back. Um, I'm fighting or defending uh, myself against American Express on two cases. One of them is Superior Court and one is in District Court <clears throat> here in Rhode Island. Um, I had been struggling after I got served uh, to answer to answer these complaints, and you guys helped me through the process of uh, understanding what the motion uh, to enlarge time would do for me, and so on and so forth. And What happened to me was I, I had submitted um, to each court prior to answering the complaint either in either court, I put in a sworn denial, a notice of pro se appearance, and a notice of dispute. And then, I, in each court, I filed my motion for enlargement of time. 
And this was all done prior to the expiration of the 20-day um, rule which Rhode Island has in each court to answer. Mm-hmm. So um, in waiting for those motions to be heard, uh, a little bit of time elapsed. And when the first motion was heard, it turned out to be the district court um, a couple of weeks after I filed it. And um, it was opposed by the uh, plaintiff's attorney because they said, we feel like we got an answer to this complaint already and we don't feel like this motion is relevant because the sworn denial is your answer. And I thought that, I argued that um, to the judge, well, I didn't have to argue at all, really. The judge just said, sir, what's, what's the reason for this motion? And I said, your honor, I just needed some more time. And uh, that was really all I said. And she looked down and scribbled a little bit of paperwork, looked up at me and said, your motion is granted, sir. And that was it. I walked out. In Superior Court, which the motion hearing came up August 3rd, the judge was not a happy camper to see me without an attorney, first of all. He was not a happy camper to see me trying to enlarge the time after putting in a sworn denial. And he denied me just flat out. The plaintiff's um, attorney in that case had already scheduled a motion hearing for summary judgment, um, which will be coming up on September 8th. So, I have one ace in the hole that I know of, (laughs) and that is an affirmative defense in each court that I wasn't served because I wasn't served properly. Because the um, the process server gave all the paperwork to my ten year old daughter when I was away. Okay. Have you looked at your uh, rules in in your state? Uh, yes. The requirements yes. for service, and it was probably have to give it to somebody. What at least sixteen or something like that. It just says of competent age. A ten year old child is in competent age for service of a legal pleading. That's what I'm going to have to argue. I don't know of any case law that would support that, but that's just what I'm going to say. I suspect you got yourself a problem here because you've already put in an appearance. That should that argument should have been used. That argument should have been used in your motion to expand time because it was given to a, a, a very minor child, and it was not conveyed to you until you were almost out of time. You need time in which to go ahead and prepare your answers. In the meantime, you got to get something in there immediately, like to expand time and to be somewhat responsive. See, yeah, most... what, let, me, let me ask you a quick question here to clarify something. Um, in the second court that you mentioned, the one where the judge denied the uh, uh, motion to enlarge time, did he say, uh, okay, I'm going to uh, deny your motion? Uh, you must answer the 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 claim within, you know, five five days or seven days or something like that? No, there was no such discussion like that at all. Um, he said, why do you want this time, sir? And I said, Your Honor, um, I wanted to amend my answer to the complaint to include affirmative defenses. And he said, what is an affirmative defense, sir? He started putting, quizzing me, and I started getting tongue-tied. And I said, um, Your Honor, 
I, you know, I tried to explain to him what I thought an affirmative defense was, and he said, what is your affirmative defense? And I said, I wasn't properly served. I said, I don't believe they have a case, a claim upon which relief can be granted. I don't think they're the true party in interest. You know, these things I started rattling off. I said, I didn't, at the time I filed this motion, I didn't have an attorney. I didn't really know what I was doing. I said, it was a rookie mistake. He said, you should get yourself an attorney, sir. He's he's biased. You need to see about getting rid of him. Right. He's well, already shown <laughs> bias to you. He's He's trying to... Uh, pin you down as a pro se instead of giving you the leniency that he's supposed to, according to Haynes versus Kerner. <laughs> he's already shown a bias against you. You know, I was one of the last cases heard that morning, and I was in a great mood because he was yucking it up with everybody. Everybody was getting everything they wanted. Nobody left a hap- you know, unhappy. And I said, this is, this is beautiful. And then I stood up there, the only one representing myself, well, and, um, I'm going to tell you something right now. Excuse me for interrupting, but that that's why you were last. Because yeah. he was going to slam dunk you, and he wasn't going to right. do it in front of anybody else. That's, that's well, common practice of a bad judge, a biased judge. There were a few stragglers hanging around, but yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to be back there on September 8th. And I'm going to raise that objection, right? Well, no, no, no. You don't understand the process. You aren't going to raise that objection then because the judge isn't going to hear it. You're going to judge that motion for summary judgment. You've got to be responsive to that. Now, you you have a summary judgment hearing, okay? So you still you still haven't put a an answer into the court. Correct. Okay. You need to get an answer in immediately. An like, answer to the original complaint. To the, the, to the complaint. To the complaint. Right. Okay. See, the, he denied your motion. When, when did you have the court hearing on this? August 3rd. August 3rd, okay. You've waited too long on, on this, you know... He said you don't get an enlargement of time. What were you doing? You wanted an enlargement of time to answer, right? You you got to think yeah, logically. Okay. You got to think logically about this process. The you want well, 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 hang on a second. No, I want to make a point to you. That I, I did answer and the judge agreed. He said, "Sir, your sworn denial is your answer." No, it's not. But that is not that is not face. an answer. He said it was. Said, I don't give a shit answer, what he sir. says. It's not an answer. The problem you have is you've got a corrupt judge, and you're going to have to do something to deal with that fast. But you're going to want to file an answer into that case. Now, whether... Hey. Jeff, just hold on, please. I did. I stopped. You're letting the judge run run over you. And you're waiting too long to address it coming on these calls. I'm going to be well, a little critical of, of you here because this has been a week ago. You should have been on the calls last week to I've been, get I've stuff been to traveling. You. I am working. I, you know, oh, I work from oh, 6 okay. in the morning to 9.30 at oh, night. Oh, oh. I don't, I'm just lucky I can be on this call tonight. To okay. All right. All right. But the, the 
the thing that you've got to understand is if you let the court run over you like he's trying to do, you're going to lose. I it's understand. Just, I mean, it's just, just, I... just that's that's what's going to happen. Are you, are you a member, sir? Yes. We went through all this a couple of weeks ago, and you guys, you know, you told me, look, a motion is a responsive pleading. You do not have to answer that complaint. Just put in the motion, and that's a responsive pleading. And I said, oh, the light finally came on. Thank you. for You know, I, didn't, I wasn't yeah. getting it. I thought I had to answer yeah. complaint number one, complaint number two, complaint no. number three. No, no. You, what, you, what you're failing to understand at this point in time is you're dealing with a corrupt judge who is not following the rules. Now, you can either let the judge do that, or you can take actions to stop it. Okay. That's where you are with that particular judge. The other court is doing what it should. I was holding my answer in my hand, pointing to it, saying, Judge, this is what I wanted to change. I wanted to put in these affirmative defenses. I, I have count one denied, count two denied, count three denied. First affirmative defense, bing, bing, bing. Second affirmative defense, bing, bing, bing. Third affirmative defense, bing, bing, bing. And he said, sir, your sworn denial is your answer. He's absolutely incorrect. He's railroading you. Right. So it doesn't matter what he said. The reality is he's doing it wrong. He's railroading you. The other judge is doing it right. So see, you look at what the other judge is doing. That's the proper thing for the court to be doing it. This judge right. is biased, and you're going to have to deal with it, or you're going to end up with a judgment against you. I can tell you that right now. I mean, there's some courts out there, some judges that are just corrupt. He's one of them. Isn't you, the you, lack of service, you, though, isn't that a, an ace in you, No, you, you, you're, you have to deal with this judge. I've got to get that through your head. Yeah. I've got to get him off my case? Yes. You, gotta, you need to do a motion to recuse him because what you're going to be doing by doing that stuff, even if he doesn't recuse himself, is you're setting up a record for appeal. Okay. Okay, you have a corrupt judge. Again, you want to look at what the other court is doing versus what this guy is doing. The other court is following the rules. This one isn't. There's quite a difference between the two, right? You, you notice that yourself. That's because this yeah. judge is corrupt, and he's biased. Yeah. Okay. Well, he said, you know, it's funny because that very day after I left court, I was feeling pretty blue. And um, I called a uh, bankruptcy attorney, and he, I, I was just telling him the story, and uh, he said, was it Judge Stone? And I said, yes, it was, as a matter of fact. He's like, yeah, that's him. Uh-huh. The judge has oh. got a reputation of being corrupt. So, oh. are you... <clears throat> I mean, I'm, you... I'm on the brink of bankruptcy, so that, I guess that's my ultimate ace in the hole, but... Well, um, I, don't think, I don't think bankruptcy is a, a good alternative at all. I don't either, but, you know, if it, I don't know, what if, yeah. I, yeah, I don't I know your situation. Anyway. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is Mr. Rhode Island a, a member or not? He is, Jeff. I, he already said that. I was. I was. But uh, the credit card I, I was using, it, it it ran out of room, and so I couldn't charge anymore. And so mm-hmm. I haven't been a member for a couple of months. Well, but you were, you were uh, okay. Well, here's here's the thing. You, when when you get away from it, then you don't have access to the information that you really need to do this. 
you know, I, I don't I don't know I don't know what to tell you, but you need to deal with the judge. You need to do a motion to recuse that judge. And I if I were in your shoes, I would file my answer on affirmative defenses. Now the judge may not want it, but it puts it on the record that it's filed. Right. Yeah. And you need, there are two things, as far as I'm concerned, two things that you need to get busy on. Your um, uh, opposition to this motion for summary judgment and your federal lawsuit. Um, opposition to their motion. Um, this is what I meant to address earlier. I might have misspoken, but I was thinking, isn't this where I would present my affirmative defense? No. 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 Summary judgment is we don't even need a trial. A summary judgment is you get a judgment against you for the amount that they're asking for. But I mean, let me just ask you this question: If I if I was one of those people that never showed up, never even got the letter, you know, from some some of the jerk offs who never let people know they're being sued, um, so I get a summary judgment unbeknownst to me. Um, you know, I can then go and get that judgment vacated. But your situation is different. Because you, are, you have already filed pleadings into the case. You've made an appearance, like Jeff said. Mm. You can't argue service. You've already yeah, filed something right. into the case. So forget you, that idea. That's, you, that's that's not something you can use. Yeah, when you filed something into the case, you perfected service. Right. So, you know, you, oh. you you don't even want to be thinking down that, that avenue anymore. That's wasted time and effort. All right. Okay. So, have you got something to write on? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, you, you want to, you have to work on one, an opposition to the motion for summary judgment. Now, that's going to be difficult for you at your knowledge level. I'm going to tell you that right now. I know that. You are going to need, uh, I think, if, like I said, if I were in your shoes, I would file my, my uh, answer in affirmative defenses. And if you could do that five minutes from now, it wouldn't be too soon. In other words, tomorrow is a real good time. Don't wait. Um, and uh, when you file that, be sure that the copy that the court gets has your original signature on it. And take a copy. You know, you you make your copy. You sign it. Then make copies of that. You take your copy with you when you file it, and you have the clerk timestamp your copy, and you keep that. Okay, that's your evidence mm -hmm. that you were there and filed that document in case that judge says no, no, no. It, you know, we're not going to put that on the docket and hides it. You'll have proof that you did file it. Okay. Okay. The other thing is, and this is where you need to go and study, and you need to move very quickly on this, you need to do a motion to recuse the judge. And you're going to have to do some studying on that. And you're, you're going to use as your primary uh, reason the court has already demonstrated bias and prejudice against you as a pro se litigant in telling you you need to get an attorney. 
that should not have come out of the judge's mouth. Yeah. I really didn't think so either, but... Well, but it's uh, in Haynes, Haynes versus Kerner. H-A-I-N-E-S versus Kerner. K-E-R-N-E-R is the case that you want to uh, cite. But you need to get, you know, you said you're working a lot. I know what that's like. I've worked a lot all my life. But if you don't address these things, PDQ, and I mean, when I mean PDQ, I mean real PDQ, uh, you're going to end up with a judgment against you in that court. Well, maybe um, help me understand this angle. Suppose I ignore all this. I get the judgment against me. And then they start asking me about my assets. And I tell them what my assets are. Zero. I have a house that I owe 60000 more than it's worth. I've got a car that's 12 years old that needs a lot of work. My wife's is about the same. I got three kids. Uh, you know, I got no accounts. I got no IRA. I blew it all trying to survive the last five years. So what, what are they going to take from me? Your wages. Thank yeah, you, Garner, what your wages. wages? What are they going to get? 25 cents a week? 25% of it. Gross. It, it depends on what your state law is on garnishment. It varies from state to state. And they That's do all. dirty things. They do dirty I'm, things like they garnish your bank account, and if it's joint with your wife and your wife has an income and they, they take her money instead of yours, well, they, you have myself off the joint account. You so have two cars, and... And they could take one of the car, and then you're really stuck because you're having to figure out how to get from here to there with only one vehicle. And in Rhode Island, one if it's your per- only mode of transportation for work, then they can't have it. Do you have one car would take two people? Uh, right. No. They will do no. it to you, and then you're going to have to fight them. Here's here's the picture. If you don't but, fight them now, you're letting them know that they can walk all over you. And don't think the system's going to step in and save you. The system will step in and take your kids away. They'll put you in the poor house and all the other... Wait a minute, I'll file for bankruptcy. It's not going to stop the other part of it. You've got to get beyond this some sort of safe harbor. You're not safe. I can save this this proceeding immediately with a bankruptcy claim. Right. Right. But let let me ask you a question. What do you really think you're going to accomplish by filing bankruptcy versus I'm gonna, well just a second versus what we're trying to suggest that you do? Well, you're suggesting that I arm myself and defend myself against these people, which I would love to do, believe me. I've been listening to these tapes and lectures for over a year. Okay. So I've been I've been prepping, you know, as much as I can. It's not like I, I spend every day, but I've, I've downloaded stuff. I've listened to it. I join the calls when I can. I've tried to keep up with it. Um, so I've been, you know, doing what I can. But I'm finally able to work, and I have to work 24/7 if I can. So I am. I can't take time off work to, to listen to these tapes, you know, except when it happens. It happens. So mm-hmm. okay. either, well, either well, I defend personal, myself one yeah. way or the other. I, I yeah. use the bankruptcy courts. And I, I put a stop to all of this, or I try and defend myself. If I'm not capable of doing that, then is it smart to even try? 
Well, so here's, this, here's this, the risk. Jeff, Jeff, please let me let me address this. Um, you know your your situation better than any of us. Okay, it's obvious from what you've told us here that you don't have much time to study. No, zero. Okay, all right. Well, if you don't have any time to study to learn how to defend yourself, then maybe bankruptcy is a better alternative for you in your given your situation. You know, we encourage people to fight the battles, to stand up for their rights, but. It's not for us to tell anybody what they should do, and if you don't do what we suggest you do, that you're all wrong and you're screwed up and all that. You know your situation far better than we do. And judging from what you've said about, you know, you, you've been down a hard road for the last five years, and believe me, I know all about that. Been there, done it myself. Um, and you you finally have an opportunity to work and stuff, which takes most of your time and everything. You've got a family to feed and everything. You have to do what you feel is best for you. And, and, you know, consider what we try and do is give people a picture of what they can do, but ultimately you have to decide what's best for you. Yeah, and I, honestly, I hear that over and over again, resounding from all of you, and I, I appreciate that because I know you never pressure anyone to do something they're not comfortable to do. And um, I, I, you know, I was nervous going into this and standing in court, and now I, I want to go back and tell the judge off, but I just don't want to get myself in trouble. No, no, it, it, you'll get nowhere doing that. But you, you've had an opportunity to see two sides of the court system. One that's doing the right thing and works properly, and one that's corrupt. And you got to see them very close together, and you can really see the contrast between the two. You know, um, if people learn, if you know they're they're in a situation where they can, which evidently you're not. If people have enough time to study and they can deal with the situations, they can fight uh, a corrupt judge. And, you know, you lay the groundwork, like we were saying, do certain things so you're, you're uh, uh, you know, making your record for appeal and stuff. But, again, you know, for you, when you don't have the ability right now to, uh, to study and learn what you need to do that, you know, because you've got to take care of your family. That You know, obviously they come far more before uh, this crap. Um, yeah. And, and you, you know what? You've got to take care of that. Has the- has accounts joint with me, credit accounts that are now closed and in default, but they haven't, you know, they haven't come after us. So pretty soon she'll become a defendant herself. I mean, I don't More know when, likely. but sooner More or later likely. this will happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and she has no knowledge of any of this. She hasn't been on any of the calls with me or, or you know, right. she's she hasn't, n- no interest in it. Yeah. She would use the bankruptcy laws, you know, instantly if if it came so, to it. Have you checked out which way to go, thirteen or seven? Um, we can do a seven, um, and we can get the low income rate for that from the attorney. Uh-huh. Um, and his opinion is that in about sixty days after, you know, we get question by the trustee um, all of our debts will be wiped out 
Okay. Yeah, given your situation, you know, just the limited information that I know about it from what you've said here, uh, I would uh, pretty much agree with that. We want you know, to as the saying goes, you can't get blood out of a turnip, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. I, I had a great job, great income. Both of us did. We were making a lot of money. And then 2009, I lost my job, and it's been this and that since then. I depleted all my savings, and right. so did she. And, you know, now we've been holding back the tide for the last couple of years, literally just trying to make the mortgage each month. So. Right, right. Well, you know, Mr. Obama will tell you that the economy has uh, rebounded wonderfully, and, you know, everybody's doing really good. Well, I, I think am back maybe, to work. I think, I, you may, I think you may say that that maybe isn't true. <laughs> I don't know. I doubt he has anything to do with it, but I am back to work, so i got to at least give him, give him that me. much. Yeah, believe me, he's got a lot to do with it, he and a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. that's not for us to get into here. Um, but really, but, you know, with with you providing more information about the situation, you know, you're your lack of time to study and, and stuff. And, you know, your family absolutely has to come first. You know, uh, family always comes before other things. And you have to make the decision that's prudent for you. So, um, you know, all Can we I try and do it? is give you an idea of what you could do if you want to fight it. If it's not practical for you, then it's probably not a good alternative. Can, I, I think probably for me it's not practical. Not, and that doesn't mean I'm going to jump off these calls or not, you know, participate or get back into the website when I can because I'm hoping that, you know, violations will still come toward my way that I can act oh, upon. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm, sure. I'm you sure could, they you will. Could, yeah, well, chance, there's probably a fairly good chance of that where you'd be able to uh, go back, you know, you could get some TCPA stuff in the future. I mean, these, these outfits get stupid as you know from listening to the calls and stuff. So, uh, you know, take care of the immediate stuff. And, and and what you were saying is good because you don't just go away from this. You learn about it. So when you run into these situations, you know what to do. Absolutely. you got a pretty good yeah, this, idea. Yeah. This one is just really coming back at me too hard and too fast, I think. But my yeah. last question, then I will let somebody else jump on, was that um, – in my given my that situation, would you recommend if you were in my shoes, um, try and get the bankruptcy filing in before or after a, a summary judgment came along? It's not going to make any difference really because it's it's going to uh, negate any uh, judgment against you. It's going to wipe all that out anyway. All right. So it's just if I try and do it before, I got to scrape together a little money quicker than I thought. You know, if I wait until after, I have a little bit of time. Yeah, well, you know, if, let them go and get their uh, uh, summary judgment and get their uh, judgment against you, and they'll spend the money and everything, and then you'll wipe it out with a bankruptcy. And then, you know, if you're going to do a Chapter 7, see, a 13, of course, you understand is the repayment, so then, you know, that'd be all involved in that. Whereas if you do a 7, uh, they're, they're just taken out completely. Yeah, and the attorney I did speak with recommended the 7 for right. me and Deb. You know, filing together, it was his recommendation, too. Right. That that takes all of you, both of you up. Because if you were to file, and like you said, you, you have joint accounts, then they can come after her. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if if you're going to do that, just go ahead and uh, wipe the slate clean, and that way uh, it gives you an opportunity for a new start, you know, after, you know, everything you've been through in the last few years. Oh. 
So just to catch uh, our breath will be a welcome relief. Uh, believe me, I, I've been there. I fully understand. I fully understand. I went through a very devastating divorce ten years ago. It cost me a third of a million dollars. I lost every single thing I had, and then I got screwed uh-huh. by Countrywide when uh, I was uh, doing work for them. So I well, believe you, me. You sure seem as though you've rebounded quite nicely. I've collected over six figures in the last four years doing legal settlements. Truly an inspiration. Well, like I said, if I can do it, just about anybody can. But, you know, you got to have a little time to study. I've had a lot of time to study. And, mm-hmm. you know, if your situation is different right now, uh, take care of your family and your kids. And, and you know, I, I, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, hey, and I want to thank you guys because it was all it was the courage came from everything I've heard you guys talking about for the last year. You know, just even walking into the court. So, thank you all, yeah. really. Well, you're welcome. I'm I'm glad we we're able to, uh, you know, help you in some way, uh, whether it be confidence or anything else. But um, yeah, it sounds like you've got a, a fairly good idea of the way you're going to go. You got a good understanding of what you're able to do and not able to do. And uh, that's that's a good thing. There's a lot of people that haven't even gotten to the point where they can figure that out. But it sounds like you got a fairly good handle on it. So anyway, like I said, the best of luck to you. If there's oh. anything that we can be helpful with, uh, you know, we're we're here on Monday night every week, and you know, Terry's call just about uh, every Wednesday night during the year as well. As things transpire, I'll, I'll share it with you. Please do, please do. We'd love to hear how things are going. All right. Thanks. Thanks. All right. You bet. You take care. All right. Now, let's see. Let's go to Central California, all the way out to the left coast. Hello, California. Sorry. Hi, Dave. Hello. How you doing? Hey, how are you? I just had some good news. Uh, all right. I like yeah, good, good news. news. <laughs> two good things happened today. Um, I had assisted a friend about three weeks ago, and uh, he got a letter uh, for <coughs> me, for forty uh, for four phone calls, uh, thirty-five hundred bucks. Okay. Um, yeah, so he settled that. And um, today, also, I had a response to sixty-four calls. Uh, this isn't the good news, but they offered. Uh, Two thousand, you know. And the good news is, I didn't accept this. <laughs> Oops, that was that was kind of a misstep on their part. I'm going to guess, huh? Yeah. So yeah, I, I more likely have to file a lawsuit now. Yeah. You did you let them know that? Um, uh, gee, this isn't a nuisance lawsuit. This is going to be real, and I'm not going away for two thousand dollars. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Yeah, I made that clear. You know, I mean it's. Geez, it's sixty-four calls, you know. Um, yeah, at five hundred dollars a call, um, where do you come up with two grand on that? Yeah, I did ask him. You know, can you? How did you calculate and conclude this? And uh, he just didn't respond. <laughs> how could they respond? Let's That's see. Funny. I'm going. I'm going to divide two thousand by sixty-four. Oh, they're going to give you thirty-one dollars and twenty-five cents a call when the statutory damages are five hundred. How generous! <laughs> yeah, yeah, this would be my biggest one now. Just you know, I've only done 
like nine calls at the most, but uh, yeah, this is like, you know, it's going to be a... One of the bigger ones, yeah. Yeah, one of the way bigger ones. Yeah, well, go for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, all you're doing is uh, standing up for your rights and making them accountable for their violations of your rights, which you're entitled to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, that's, that's all the information I have. And, uh, okay. Well, that's good. Thank you for the good news. It's, uh, uh, you know, maybe you got to do a lawsuit in that one, but uh, the other settlement, uh, 3500 that's uh, that's going to buy a few nice dinners or maybe a few other things in addition to that, right? Yeah, I helped him. He's never, you know, he didn't hear about any of this until I told him, and, you know, now he's all happy. I think he already spent his money. I don't know he's even bad this, but, yeah, you know, the first one, he's, he's just excited. Oh, I can imagine he would be. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm one, yeah. Well, yeah, and and you're doing what we've asked people to do. You're paying it forward. You're helping somebody else. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's great. That's all we ask for all the time that we uh, we donate, doing all these calls and uh, doing what we do. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well. Let's see, we got somebody from Southeast Florida with a hand up. And I got to mute you and unmute you. There we go. Got you unmuted. You are in the spotlight. Can you feel the heat? Yes, I can. Boy, it's fun. Hi, it's Maria. Yeah. With the sun. Did, did I tell you we changed and I put a thousand watt bulb in there? <laughs> it's it's scorching heat down here, so don't, let's not even go there. <laughs> you don't need any more sunshine down in Florida, right? No, 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 we don't. Believe me, it's and it's 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 horrible. But you know, but actually, we had a pretty cloudy day today, so the the heat wasn't too bad. So, okay. But it was raining. So anyway, well, um, one thing, I scheduled my mediation, which was scheduled for tomorrow. The attorneys failed to give me my request for production. They mentioned that they would give me certain documents at a mutual mutual agreeable time and place. So I told them that that was not acceptable, that I need them for them to give it to me immediately. Yeah. And that I would would go to their office on Wednesday. Um, Since my motion was granted for the extension of time, I said, I will be taking up the documents on Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. in your office. Oh, we're not going to be in the office. Well, then leave them with your secretary, and I'll take them up from her. So anyway, long story short, I went to the office. They weren't there. I, I got the business card from the office manager that greeted me, and he told me that he didn't have it. So I'm getting ready to file my, my motion to compel. And now my question is, can I use that? Can I do an affidavit saying that I went to the office to pick up the records and they were not available? Absolutely. Put it in an, put it in an affidavit format and put it together with the the motion for uh, to compel. Sure. Okay. So that would be a strong. Yeah, he he's right when because I said, because you have firsthand fact information of that. You went there and. You know, at the appointed time where you were supposed to pick them up, and they were not there, and uh, he was not there, the attorney, he or she, whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, you were told by the office manager 
so-and-so. And what you could do is uh, take a uh, uh, photocopy of the business card and put that as a uh, exhibit to your affidavit that you spoke to Susie Q, the office manager, on that date who stated, uh, who told you that uh, so-and-so, Bozo Joe, wasn't there and he hadn't left any documents for you to pick up. Yeah, well, I, I did the affidavit, and basically I said that I, you know, that I went to the office at such and such location, and that I spoke to the office manager, and the office manager went to the office of the attorney, and then came back and told me that his assistant said that there were no documents available. So now I'm going to go ahead and add that, and I know that with the, with our local rules, you have to be very specific when you um, have. I um, remember. When you are talking about discovery, you've got to say, well, um, request for production, whatever, he didn't provide. Or, oh, you, know, you, wanted, yeah, you, you want to be specific about what you were supposed to pick up. Yeah. The, the problem is that they, for my interrogatories, they completely, totally objected to all of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. And um, they, I had a couple of them that had subparts. And I did, I did find out that the subparts are acceptable as long as it, it relates to the question within that subpart. But he went ahead and discounted them anyway. So he did not answer half of the discovery. He said that because it was beyond the, thir- the 25 um, requests uh, of Admissions. discovery. Uh, no, no interrogatories, I'm sorry. Okay, all right. That he wouldn't answer them. So my question is this, because he pretty much denied everything and objected to everything that I propounded on him. He was saying that it was irrelevant because it was due to a foreclosure action in the circuit court and therefore did not apply. How do I rebut that? He's got to prove it. You have to, you have to say that the reason you're doing this discovery is because you're doing it for this case. You have to show why you're doing it and you have to say that he's using obstructionist tactics and delay your dilatory tactics and obstructionist tactics to avoid answering discovery. And is he's using a bogus excuse saying that you had too many complaining about your discrete subparts, whereas you're, and then you have to show the court how your discrete subparts um, go towards the main part of that question. So they are just a single question. You have to handle all of that. Individually by one. So my first line of defense was... No, wait, listen, wait, slow down, Maria. Be, when, you're, when you're dealing with interrogatories, you've got 25 or how many, and he's just given blanket objections across the whole thing. All you need to do is file in a copy of the interrogatories that you put in and file in a copy of his answers and file in copies of any of the emails where you went back and forth trying to negotiate him to give you better answers if you did that. Okay. Well, I, I also try to remember that I was going back and forth with him with regards to the confidentiality agreement. Although I don't want to pursue it, I do want to use it as a tool to kind of show their ill faith of not moving forward to, to give me the proper responses and avoiding did, did, signing. Did they, did they plead anything in there that was uh, confidential? No. 
Then don't use it. Yeah, then don't use it. Yeah, yeah, because you're just you're overloading the court. But yeah, you're on, muddying the on, waters. Based on what you've said, now you got you got your answers to interrogatories, which you know were a pile of crap. So you're going to have to do the motion to compel, like we discussed. You didn't get the answers to the request for production. They didn't produce the documents that you were expecting, even though you went to where it was agreed upon. They didn't make the things available. That was a waste of your time. It was another dilatory tactic. It was another obstructionist tactic, and it's an abuse of discovery. So a long with regard to that motion, because you're going to do a, a one motion for, for the interrogatories, one motion for the productions, and one for the admissions. As far as the request for productions go, okay, you're going to do a motion that you need to file with that at the same time, which is a motion for sanctions. The san you're going to do a motion for sanctions for discovery abuses, okay? And Though you're a pro se and you can't, you know, claim attorney's fees and all the other things, there are two, there are two scopes that you can go for. One, which is just to, to punish the hell out of him, is that he should, he should have to go through remedial training, you know, extra, you know, core hours on updating his law practice. Don't laugh. Don't, don't laugh. That's one. Uh, it, no, it's, okay. it's fun, John. It's let not me, that it's funny, finish. it's fun. Let me finish. Number two, that um, he should have to do pro bono work, you know, free work for poor people. Number three, and the court likes this one, or Dave's court would like it, that he has to pay an appropriate sum into the district court as a penalty. So in other words, it goes directly to their bottom line, which is good. And then the fourth thing that you can ask for in your motion to compel, or maybe it's the first thing that you ask for, is that the court grant your motion to, uh, motion to compel. In other words, for the, the sanction you're looking for is for the court to grant your motion to compel. Okay. You can do that. You can use one motion as a leverage for the other. And as far as the admissions go, they just gave you a bunch of they just gave you a bunch of crap in the admissions, right? Yeah. I mean, they did uh, they did deny and admit on a couple of them, on some of them, but not not anything substantial. And then the ones that are that were really critical for me, they kind of um just hold on, I'll tell you. They just Simply, um, I mean, for example, interrogatory number one. It says, what is the name and address and job title, employee business address and phone number, all persons providing information and documents responsive to these interrogatories? And explain in detail the relationship of the person to the defendant in the foreclosure action and provide a brief summary of each representative knowledge in this matter. It says, not applicable as defendant has asserted valid objections to all plaintiffs and interrogatories. And Blank, everything is blanket done. objections aren't allowed. They just gave you a blanket objection. That's not allowed. That's a discovery abuse. Okay. You know, you can also file in if you really want to, if you're feeling like a flurry of emotion, file in a motion to strike their interrogatory responses <laughs> you you can do that you know at some what point do you mean, strike, meaning the ones that i answered them 
No, if they gave you responses that you don't like, you can move to strike them. If, you know, objections, you can move to strike that because they're putting up an objection saying, Your Honor, Your Honor, we don't have to answer this. Are you talking yeah, about yours or the ones that that you answered? No, she's talking about the ones that she propounded on them, John, and this yeah, is the crap they answered. I, that's what yeah. I thought. And if they come back with bogus answers, you can move. You can not only do a motion to compel better answers, but you can do a motion to strike the ones that they gave you. So they can't even use them. I, 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 can you kind of really explain that to me? I'm a little confused when it comes yeah, to what you're saying. To, to a neophyte, that sounds confusing. Okay, all right. So you do you do interrogatories on them. They give you answers. They give you mm-hmm. bogus answers and objections. So mm-hmm. yes, you can do a motion to compel to compel better answers, but that that doesn't override the fact that they gave you bad answers in the first place. So you can move to strike those bad answers in the entirety or specific ones that you want to at the same time while you're asking the court to compel better answers. See, by striking the ones, it's like they didn't even answer them. Okay, okay. Okay. Right? So so not not improve what you already gave me. Start over again (laughs) is, is the effect. Okay. Yeah, because I I emailed them this morning and basically said to him, well, based upon the fact that you were not able to provide me with the documents and the other attorney not available, I'm going to file a motion for for um, to continue the mediation. I mean, I literally, I think I sent it at 8:30 this morning. I think by 9:15 I got a response, and he says that he was not objecting to my my motion to reschedule mediation. And then, of course, they they do want to kick the mediation down the road because, like we've talked about before, this isn't free mediation. This was a, this is with a regular mediator, right? Yes. Okay, they want to kick it down the road because, depending on who you have for the mediator, it can be pretty darn expensive. You know, they have a two-hour minimum. They charge three hundred dollars per hour per you know, one for the defendant, one for the plaintiff, you know, so they're, they're making a fortune. And, um, you, you know, so they want to kick that down the road as far, far as they go. You know, shoot, they don't want their client spending any money except that goes in their own coffers. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody was pretty much um, agreeable to the, to, the, to the mediation being rescheduled. So... Um, which was good because I really didn't want to go into the mediation either because I, I'm I'm not ready for it because I didn't get anything from them. Mm-hmm. And know? let me ask you something else, Maria. The uh, when was the cutoff for mediation ordered by the court? Remember, I filed an extension, uh, a, a motion to modify scheduling order. So they, okay. they 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 modified the order and they gave it to me until September 25th. So I'm trying to schedule something for September 22nd. Okay, let me ask you another question. Um, is as far as um, when you when you initially set up your mediation, did you have to notice the court of that? They, I, I don't. The mediator does. What I did was, is I filed a motion today 
which mm-hmm. was a joint motion to reschedule mediation. And basically, mm-hmm. I just said, you know, that we're needing mediation, that the mediation was scheduled for the August 11th. According to the uh, amended scheduling order, the deadline is tw- the 25th. And then I said, plaintiff is in the process of compelling all fact dis- completing all fact discoveries, pursuing mediation at this time would be premature, as defendants, Bayview Loan Services and M&T Bank have failed to provide the documents in connection to their response to plaintiff's request for production. I, I, I did a real huge um, motion, motion, but then I said, you know what, let me just keep it simple, kiss principle. Then it's all parties are in agreement um, to have mediation September 22nd, 2015. So therefore, wherefore plaintiff moves the court to grant the order rescheduling mediation for September, September 22nd. There you and go, that's, that's, that's good. Who, who is it that you're using for mediation? Uh, we're using a private mediator. From my understanding, he's um, he's an expensive individual, um, and I got the heads up from another member that um, he's also very very aggressive, and that I need to be very careful with him because if I don't know myself, he's going to push me to settle with something. Which is that I what's the name of the firm? It's called Up Church and Watson, I believe. Yeah, I'm no, I don't know. I don't know who they are. If you ever get stuck with it again, go for Salmon and Dolberg. John what is Salmon. it? Sound? Oh, S- they had that was okay. They're good. Oh yeah, they're very good. And the lady that does the scheduling, you know, if the other side won't won't um, won't agree for a mediation, she'll she'll do an affidavit that you can put into the court and get them sanctioned or um, compel it the mediation but salmon and doug dolberg they're very reasonable john salmon the nameplate guy is very good yeah no they, he was one of the ones that um actually they gave me on the list and yeah i wasn't sure who 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 was who so i'm like okay I'm yeah. pretty, I, I i simply said okay god you select them yeah. Whatever. So, oh, well. and, and that's that's you know that's that's how I did it. But I realized that um, I got it. I got to admit, you guys, um, early on in my litigation, I I did not take the reins like I should have, and right now I'm suffering the consequences because I allowed the attorneys to do some of the things that I should have done that I didn't do because I did not know how to do it, and I just you know kind of went with the flow, and that was the interim report which. Um, considerably harm. Hello? Oops, I think we lost her. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, I that was then and this is now. Now she's kicking butt. <laughs> yeah, she's still on the board, but, um, you know, she has a funky phone. She has yeah. problems. Mm. There she is. Uh, hello? There, there you go. Here. You're back now. Oh, okay. Sorry. You, and, you were uh, telling us uh, that that was then and this is now, and now you're kicking butt, but you're paying yeah. for what you did before. But so what? Once you up your game, sometimes, you know, they're lulled into that sense of false security that, oh, I could whip her, and then you kick them in the nuts. Yeah, I think I think that's what's happening, because he thought that with the, with the, with the stunt that they pulled on me last week, that they were going to go ahead and, and, and you know, and get away with it. And what they found is that that's not the case. And I think he, he, he was shocked because when I went to the office, I knew I wasn't going to get anything. But at least I was there at 3 o'clock on the dot as, as my email indicated, and therefore 
I can go ahead and do the affidavit that they are really uh, jerking me around with um, with my discovery. No, you're doing so, good. You're doing good. Just when you kick so, them, kick them hard enough that they go up into his mouth. Yeah, well, I know that, and 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 I and I gotta tell you, I'm gonna go ahead and listen to the to the tape, and I'm gonna proceed with what you just uh, recommended. Motion for sanctions. Yep. Motion for sanctions. And, and, and um, the sanction you want is to get them to compel the productions, and then what were we gonna do on the inter strike the interrogatories? Okay, and then have and a, a motion to compel. Okay, and, and strike the answers and have them have the, to answer the interrogatories all over again. Right, right. They're two separate motions. So okay. that's four, four motions right there, plus your motion for the, for the, for the admissions to, co- to compel better admissions. And okay. this is all in front of a magistrate judge? No, I'm, we're dealing directly with the judge. Oh yeah, well this this judge, this you know the magistrate judge would set you up for a hearing and cancel it and you know be a dick. But a real judge is probably going to look at this and either rule on it, you know, rule on it without anything, or set it for hearing and dress down that attorney. Yeah, and 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 since I've already filed a motion for noncompliance and a motion for clarification, then you know they, they he knows what's coming down the pike. He's I ain't going I'm playing. I'm not playing no more. Not after the stunt they pulled on me last week. And and just just remember, Maria, each motion before you you file it, you know when you're going to do the motion for sanctions and when you're going to do the motion um, uh, motion to compel and the other, you know, make sure you send the email and let them know that you know. Because you've done this, I intend to do this. Unless I hear from you otherwise by such and such time, I'm going to go ahead and file it. Because you have to be able to say that you conferred with them before you filed your motion. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's important. You know, you know, Mr. Mr. Smith. You know, I've been a, unable to resolve I... between us. You know, the issues with your. Um, with your interrogatories, which are insufficient, I intend to file a motion to strike your interrogatories. You know, if I don't hear from you by such and such date, I'm going to seek the relief that I'm entitled to, sincerely. You know, and same thing. Okay, then, then do then do that for all the other all the other motions as well. So if you I have, have to do it, you have to do it for your motions. They can get your motions to deni- motions denied if you fail to confer with them before they fu- before you file them. And um, and they can seek sanctions on that that you filed the motion and you didn't follow the rules. But just like the motion for sanctions, you're going to go for you know, dear Mr. So and So, you know, because of your actions, because you didn't have the stuff, because I find it you know a, a violation of the rules and violation of you know um, your rules of professional conduct. I intend to file a motion for sanctions. And you know you're hereby noted. You know this is my good faith effort to resolve this between the parties. If I don't hear from you, I'm going to seek the relief I'm entitled to. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So then I should do the same e- one email individually for each motion? Or I do. do. I do. What What did I call it, Dave, before? Chinese drip torture where they get one in the morning, they get one in the afternoon, they get one the next morning, they one the next afternoon, the one the next morning. Suddenly they're like, holy crap, this guy's going to drop five motions on me. That's a flurry of motions. But when you drip them out that way, it, you just – It gets you know, their attention Yeah. real quick. And, 
And I like to do it, you know, like maybe one on Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, and build them up so the worst ones are coming later. You know, like the motion for sanctions is the last one they get Friday afternoon. It ruins their weekend. Psychological, come on. Okay, so then I should, okay, so then I do the, the first motion, the production, and then admissions, and then interrogatory. And However then after you want that, to do it, Maria. However you want to okay. do it. Okay. All right. Understood. All right, guys. I'm, I'm on my way to do my job, and thank you so much. It really helped me a lot to clarify some of these because they literally gave me nothing. And you were right, John, when you said that, you know, either you go with the confidentiality agreement or, or get nothing. And, yes, I got nothing. Well, That's you know, hey, nothing. but you're doing good. And the other hint I want to give you, you can do a little drip torture with the, you know, the emails. But then when you have all five motions put together over the weekend, you can march in there on Monday or Tuesday and just file them all at once. And <laughs> it's going to give them so much stuff to read. They aren't going to know what to do. And the one they're going to go for first is the motion for sanctions <laughs> because that's the one that affects them. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Go, for um, it. go let him have it, Maria. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, because he... He, he thinks because he's a hot when you said about about um reme, remediation you said where he goes to remedial training or whatever uh-huh. i laugh i laugh because he is supposed to be one of the head honcho attorneys down in the Broward county area and he's i mean he's considered one of the big shots so well cutting uh, down the size yeah i i he has his assistant is also an attorney so um, which the other guy are you impressed? Huh? Not really. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> no. Whoopie no, do. Yeah, no, he takes me in for for um he he takes me in for a, a sucker, but he he has another thing coming. Oh, all right. Well, go get him. All righty. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. If anybody else has questions or comments, now's the time to hit star 8 on your phone, and that'll raise your hand, put you in the queue. And uh, we have somebody popped up here, but I, like I said earlier, if people got questions, get yourselves in the queue here. Don't wait till I say, okay, well, we're going to wrap things up for tonight, and then boom, 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 I get three people that come into the queue. Don't do that. We're going to go out to West Washington State. You are unmuted. Go ahead. Hi, this is Dahlia from Seattle. Somehow I thought it was star two instead of star eight, so that's why. Well, star two, star two is on Tuesday night when we're doing blog talk rate or uh, uh, on the uh, instant teleseminar. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, this is star six or star eight. Excuse me, star six is me. Star eight is put you in the queue. I got too many stars. See, I got to run all these different boards and everything. You even get me confused. <laughs> right, right. Anyway. But you're here. Ta-da! I'm here, yeah. Right. And, you know, one one problem I did have was um, when I was trying to call in on the 724 number this evening uh-huh. with, with the pen, and this is what I found in the forum, um, they wouldn't accept the pen. Well, I'm sorry now I'm saying that, and I just had to hit pound, so sorry about that. I, I, anyway, scratch that. So... <laughs> 
because I went through it and I'm saying, yeah, I got through. So anyway, okay, so I have the, the breach of contract, 20 days to answer. I'm on day 17. And in talking to you guys uh, last Wednesday, uh, you told me to file a notice of dispute and the certificate of service in a motion for enlargement of time. Okay, so the notice of dispute, I can use the copy uh, that's that's on the website uh, in the credit card section. It, it's for sure. just use that so that it says pursuant to 15 U.S.C. That's fine. That's just that's not federal necessary. statute. Those are federal statutes. Okay, use that for notice of dispute in the certificate of service. So I'm wondering, I, I just wanted to no, check. Whoa. Go ahead. Where's the, where does the certificate of service come in? The certificate of service is right on the bottom of the notice of dispute. Yeah, and, she files that oh, in the case. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking summons. I beg your pardon. Yep. Jeff that, was that, confused. That, that's all right. He gets that way once in a while. I'm, I'm paying attention, but anyway, <laughs> so um, so I'm gonna so I copied that, and what I did is on the yellow where they have the yellow there, I just deleted it, and then can I can I write this in ink, clear ink, in the in the uh, what do you um, mean? Cl- write it in clear. Oh, ink. clear clear ink. Sorry about that. Invisible ink. Yeah, no, but um, write it in in pen on these disputes. Is that okay? No, you you really should type it. I should type it. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Okay. So so that is fine. And so I'm planning on I have like 20 days to do this. So today is day 17. I'm planning okay. on doing it. Yeah. You don't want to wait till the last day. And I'll okay. tell you you absolutely do not want to wait till the last day. And there's a very good reason for that. Okay. What what happens if you're on your way to the court and you have an accident or you have a flat tire or something and, and you don't get there in time? Then it doesn't get filed. And then Thank they, you. They get it, and it gets a summary judgment against me or uh, uh, something. Well, it, it creates a big problem. In other words, never, ever wait. When you have a deadline, if the deadline's the 20th, you, you should be filing your stuff by the 18th. Okay. Okay, okay. so that's... That's tomorrow then. Okay. And then uh, the next question is, is since I'm going to file this by the 18th, do I do I need to do a motion for enlargement of time? I'm, I may yes. not need. Oh, I still need to do one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You, you have to do a motion for enlargement of time. And remember, the rule is anything that you file with the court, you need to have a certificate of service with it, like you mentioned. Okay. You know, and and you have to send a copy of that. You that's part of the document you file with the court because that's telling the court, I sent. You know, uh, I hereby certify that I have sent a true and correct copy of the uh, foregoing document to the parties listed below by first class uh, USPS mail, and then put the name of who you sent it to, the lawyer. You know, if there's a lawyer on the other side, you send it to Joe Smith, Bozo and Bozo at whatever address. Okay. Um, then for so I found this on on the website. It was in the archives in the uh, foreclosure department for the motion for enlargement of time. It basically just has the generic like heading on it, and uh-huh. then defendant moves 
court, and I said for 30 days for enlargement of time to answer this complaint. Right. And then I can put to do more research. Uh, Pro se is, or or the uh, defendant is proceeding pro se and needs additional time to uh, uh, complete uh, the documents. Plead, plead pro se. Just say the defendant is proceeding pro se, uh-huh. and and has and what I usually do and has no staff or paralegals to assist okay. in preparation of documents and needs additional time. Okay. And has no staff and paralegals. Has no staff or paralegals to uh-huh. assist in prepar- in research and preparation of documents. Literally, I gave you the exact words right there. And you can go back and uh, we're in the recording right now. We're at an hour and 35 minutes. Okay, thank you. That's, that's what I did last week, so that was really helpful. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so doing, okay. Um, so there's another document with the notice of dispute that was there called the motion to dismiss uh, amended complaint. Is that is that the next no. one? No, no, no. Yeah, there's okay. there's going to be certain times when you're going to use a motion to dismiss. But okay. Right now you need to do your, uh, uh, you know, do your dispute and do uh-huh. your motion for enlargement of time to answer complaint. To answer complaint. Right. Okay, and then um, so when I get these in, what what can I be expecting from them? You know, when they receive these, the, the plaintiffs. Um, they may argue it. They may not. Okay, you don't so, know. You uh, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. Obviously, we oh, you, you never don't. know what the other side. No, it it broke a few years ago, and I, I just I tried okay. super glue, and it just didn't work. So okay. I've been without one since. Um, but okay. no, when you're when you're dealing with lawyers, anything's possible. <laughs> Even some of the most asinine things you could ever imagine, <laughs> it's possible when you're dealing with those people. So um, if the biggest thing for you is when you put that in, you need to be studying and uh, be getting uh, your answer to your complaint put in because you're going to have to put an answer in. You're just asking for more time to do it. So your focus then needs to be uh, uh, doing an answer in affirmative defenses. Okay. Okay. See, the, the reason that you're asking for more time is to what? So you have more time to study, right? Right. So you can't sit back in your laurels. Uh, you need to utilize that time and study as much as you can. But the next step is uh, the motion for enlargement of time is simply a delaying tactic, if you want to call it that. It's, hey, I need more time. You know, I don't have a staff or anything like that. And it's like, I'm studying, I'm studying, I'm learning. I've I got to get ahead of the curve here and so I'm not behind the eight ball. That's what you want to be doing. But the next thing you'll have to do is you'll eventually have to put in an answer in affirmative defenses. So that's what you're going to be looking at studying uh, okay. and knowing how to do that. Okay. Okay. So that that's that's what happens after all of this. Okay. And well, so yeah, you, yeah. You're all you're, like I said, all you're doing is delaying things, delaying answering it right now. Okay. But don't sit and wait. 
get your okay. answer and affirmative defenses uh, put together, all typed up and everything. So all you got to do is sign it and make your copies and take it to the court and file it at the time that you're that you have to. But you're you're buying time to study and learn. Okay, that's really great. So as you said last week, then I want to go to the court and file the original with the court, take a copy, time stamp it for myself, and then send right. a copy to the plaintiff. Okay. Right. Great. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, I think I mentioned it, but uh, uh, just so you know, the uh, copy that goes to the other side uh, mm-hmm. does not have to be time stamped. You can just do your copies at home. You You run your original off. You sign it. And I always sign in blue ink. Always sign legal documents in blue ink. Okay. 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 And uh, you'll you'll take that because you know if you're ever looking at things and you're wondering, wow, which you know if you do it in black, you're like, which one's the original? Which one's the, the original signature? Which one's the copy? Whereas if you do it in blue ink, you can always tell which one is the original, and you won't ever get them mixed up. Okay. Well, great. That makes well, sense. Makes makes total sense. Thanks for all your help. Okay. I'll next sure. Okay. Good night. All right. Bye bye. Okay. And I'm again going to uh, ask and see if there's anybody that uh, has any more questions. If you do, hit star eight. If not, we'll wrap things up for tonight, unless uh, John or Jeff has anything they want to say tonight, because, uh, you know, we, we've got a smaller group of people. It, it is August. It's late summer. We know that. And... Uh, you know, it is what it is, and I've got a few other things that I can do if nobody jumps up, and it doesn't appear anybody is jumping up right at the moment. So, uh, Jeff, uh, John, either one of you guys got any uh, parting comments that uh, you wanted to make at this point before we call it a night? Great job, Dave. Yeah, oh, really. Well, well, thank you. I mean, uh, you know, you, you guys contributing as well. This is a community effort. Like, you know, like I keep telling everybody, this isn't my call. I, you know, I just push the buttons and make it happen. It's a collaboration of all of us working together and learning together, and we get results as a, as a result of that collaboration and work. So, uh, thanks to everybody that joined us tonight. Thank you, Jeff and John. Terry will be back with us uh, next week. Uh, she is. Uh, I'm sure out of the water. She's not kayaking at quarter to 11 uh, down in Georgia. And uh, hopefully she had fun on her little vacation that she's taken with her family. It's well-deserved. And uh, tomorrow night we do have a uh, webinar. So for all the members, jump in. If you don't know what's coming tomorrow night, go into the website and go to the tab that's Upcoming Webinars. That starts at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. And then on Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Eastern, Larry is going to be doing case studies again like he always does, uh, covering uh, debt collection stuff. And uh, then, of course, Wednesday night is Terry's call. And for those of you that may not have Terry's information, send her an email to queensongbird at gmail.com and simply say, please put me on the list. And uh, she'll send you the reminder out for her call on Wednesday night. I got a so, correction. What's that? It's an open call tomorrow night. Uh, I could have sworn I saw where it was uh, rubbing her. Maybe First, I got Mike. And the next open conference call will be on Tuesday, August the 11th yeah. at 8 p.m. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then we do have an open call. 
That's right. Terry did the webinar last week. That's right. That's right. I was looking at the other schedule, and I think that's what confused me. So oh, there you is pulled a, a Gary. Yeah, you yeah. pulled a Gary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, thank you, Jeff, for the correction. Tomorrow night is an open call. That will be on blogtalkradio.com forward slash W-L-I-Y-D. And uh, that starts at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So uh, for all the people that uh, are non-members, you'll be able to join us and get answers to questions. And Jesse will be with us tomorrow night. He is back from his trip to New York. And uh, if you got foreclosure questions, uh, he'll be the expert to answer them. So with all that said, thanks again, Jeff and John. Appreciate it. And everybody have a great evening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night on Blog Talk Radio. Good, Good night, night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.